Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your number one podcast for great examples of family relationships that function in the way that they are supposed to. My name is Claire and I'm joined by my co-host Beth and we are here tonight to uh, recap and discuss the episode There Goes the Neighborhood. We're already at um, episode 16, it's hard to believe, but... Shit is getting real, as usual. Shit has been real in a sustained manner for quite some time. Very true. Uh, This episode is no exception. So, There Goes the Neighborhood is a reference to the fact that the two vampires have escaped and are now moving into town. Yeah. And property values are probably going to go down. Because, you know, we don't like to have those people living nearby. So, uh, we start out this week with the tomb vampires. They were kind of a part of last episode with the few scenes of Harper kind of wandering around thinking everything was a demon and then finding Pearl and Anna at the end. So we now see that Pearl and Anna basically have a vampire uh, hostel going on and there's just like 20 vampires hanging out. Uh, Anna is kind of going around teaching everybody about modern technology, which is fun. And I really wish we could have seen more of that. I know. It would have been hilarious. She's just like, this is a remote. You could watch TV. Hold it this way. There's over 150 channels. Whoa. They must have basic cable. Or direct TV. (laughs) They're probably watching, like, Korean cooking shows. But, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we don't get the hilarity of that. Uh, I was kind of hoping for a first few episodes of Sleepy Hollow kind of thing where somebody awakens after 200 years and has to learn what a blow dryer is. Yeah, like everyone was surprisingly well adjusted. I don't know if it's because they already came to terms with their immortality in the past. So they're just yeah. like, I guess they, they're the used to learning the new technology. But had they been like dormant for 150 years before? I mean, we don't know their lives. That's true. But, uh,. There's a scene in which Anna is showing Harper how to use a cell phone. Or no, Pearl is showing him. And she has like a sick burn on cell phones. And kids these days, she's like, and you use these keypads to text, which is what you do when you don't want to talk to someone. Yeah, burnt millennials. But also, you don't understand texting Pearl. Yeah. Stop pretending. You've been awake for like a week. I know. Now she's the expert. Now she's probably like telling them how to sext and it's like (laughs) Oh no. My petticoat is damp. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag my petticoat is damp. You heard it here first folks. (laughs) I mean if I was sexting that that is what I would say. Yes. (laughs) I feel like this is going to become a new hot trend with the youths. Yeah. Totes. Uh, So there's one guy there who does not seem very happy about life, and he he looks so much like somebody, but I can't think of who it is. He looks like this guy from One Tree Hill that was (laughs) a bartender. Okay. Doesn't he just look like he would be a bartender? Yeah, probably. He kind of looks like a guy who would play John Leguizamo in a porn parody. Yeah, I like it. I don't know. But he's real mad, and he's, like, drinking from the lady who owns the house, who now is apparently the one and only blood source for all of the tomb vampires, and is somehow alive. Gibbons. Gibbons, that's her last name. Oh, I know. So he's, like, I don't know, is, at first I thought she was giving him a haircut, but I think that she was just standing over his chair so that he could feed on her. Yeah, he's drinking from her wrist. And she already had, like, a, 
I don't know, like a little bloody scar on her neck from somebody else feeding on her, presumably. Oh, yeah. She has a gaping neck wound, like the likes of which we haven't seen since Vicky Donovan Oh, yeah. Was she alive. needed a giant piece of gauze <laughs> to cover that ASAP. Yeah. And Anna's kind of giving a judgmental stare and... Miss Gibbons is like, oh, Anna, would you like a drink? Here, here is my wrist, because she's been compelled to high heaven. Yeah, and Anna's like, Miss Gibbons, don't you want to go lay down for a few minutes before you pass the fuck out? And she's like, oh, no, dear, it's fine. She's compelled as fuck. And Frederick is also like, she's fine. Get out. I know. This is where I wrote in my notes, Frederick equals dickwad. Yeah, Definitely. So I think that's when we get our title card moment and we kind of go away from them for a minute to check in with a really functional family at Donovan's. Speaking of Vicky. <laughs> oh, RIP girl. I think we do an RIP shout out to Vicky every episode, which makes me very happy. Yes, and I hope we continue to for every episode of this podcast. I hope so too. So over at the Donovan household, um, Kelly's waking up out of her drunken stupor and Matt immediately starts shaming her. He's like come on mom you know you were at the grill last night and that's why I work and you were so drunk and then you had to bring the party back here and I didn't appreciate it and I don't think our neighbors did either and she was like Matt it was one dude and I was like get yours Kelly Donovan yeah like maybe they were just really loudly fucking which I can understand Matt not wanting to hear (laughs) yeah but also, shut up, Matt. I know. I can't like you should just be Matt's happy opinion. that your mom is here because you complain so much. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, my mom's not here," and then she gets her petticoat a little wet, and Matt is like all over her. <laughs> yeah, so he uh, mentions that they need a bartender at the Mystic Grill, and why do they need a bartender at the Mystic Grill? Because Ben of the Mystic Girl is hella dead. Oh, yeah. He got flamethrowered. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. That guy sucked. I'm so Rest happy in pieces. Rest in pieces. And so he says that he can get her an interview if she wants to, uh, you know, maybe work or something. Yeah. So I think that she says something about how she used to work at the Mystic Girl, like, in the past, but she wasn't sure if they would want her back again. I think it's because she knows the manager and they have a, a past. Okay, yeah. yeah. But she says that she'll try. And Matt is like, oh, thanks, Mommy. <laughs> and then, you know, they're having their morning coffee. Kelly's trying to stave off her hangover. And Caroline walks in all bright and peppy in a purple scarf. And What the fuck was up with that scarf? It was ugly as I hell. feel like she and Elena both wear these scarves where it's like they have it wrapped like really tight around their necks and I think it's supposed to indicate that it's cold outside but it's like their entire chests are completely uncovered and it's like a thin scarf it's like four inches wide so it's it's like really weird and they wear it so long like you need to bunch that maybe that was the style in 2010 I don't remember they need to be introduced to infinity scarves But also, it makes it look like they're trying to hide a gaping neck wound, but they're not. Yeah, well, that was my first thought. I wonder if it was, like, some kind of foreshadowing or something. Because the last time Caroline had her scarf like that was after Damon attacked her at the Founder's Day party, I think. So Caroline walks in, and she's all bright and bushy-tailed, and I guess she's picking Matt up for school. And Kelly just, like, rolls her eyes so hard because Caroline's like, Good morning, Mrs. Donovan, and... 
even though after she was doing basic things like politely saying hello and goodbye yeah. to her boyfriend's mother and and she told her off like fuck you you fake bitch <laughs> Uh, she's still continuing on with her manners, and um, Kelly, Julie Cooper, is just openly rolling her eyes, like, harder than we've ever rolled our eyes at Jeremy Gilbert or Matt Donovan. Uh, I don't know. My eye-rolling it later at Jeremy in this oh, well. episode gets yeah. pretty serious. I mean, my eyes are super flexible now. Like, they've done so many roles that they could, like, go two different directions at once. Hell Yeah. So she's being a dick. Matt's not sticking up for Caroline because he's a dick. It runs in the family. Mm-hmm. The Dickovans. Oh. Wait, should we start calling them the Kellyanne Conways or the Dickovans? The like Kellyanne Dickovans? Kellyanne Dickovans. I love it. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, pretty much, much business as usual in the Matt and Caroline relationship. Yeah. Uh, they head off to school. And I think we then check in with Stefan and Elena. Yeah, so apparently Stefan's back at school, which I missed. I thought that he was dropping out because his life was too hard or some shit. Yeah. But him and Elena are just, like, hanging out at the lockers, flirting, like, kissing a little bit. And then Caroline walks up, and she's pretty much asks Stefan and Elena to go on a double date with her and Matt. And it's a little weird because we know that Matt still has a little bit of feelings for Elena, and Stefan and Matt don't have the greatest past either, so no. it's kind of an awkward request. Yeah, and like Matt has already been an asshole at school today. Like when they walked in, uh, he made some comment to Caroline, like, oh, you could try being nice to my mom. I'm like, oh, yeah. You asshole. She has been nothing but nice to your mom, and your mom has been horrible to her. Like, stand up for your girl. And Caroline very fairly says, well, it's hard to be nice to somebody who makes no secret of the fact that she hates my guts. Yeah, that's true. And Matt's just like, mmm, mmm, mmm. Sorry, busy, gotta go to school. And then he gets distracted, like, gazing longingly at Elena from down the hallway. <laughs> right, and I think that that's probably what triggers Caroline to go over and ask them to do the double date, yeah. right? Because she wants to just, like, get it all out on the table try to move past the thing where she's dating somebody who's in love with somebody who's in love with somebody else which sucks for mostly her because nobody else seems to care i know it's sad (laughs) yeah but normally stefan and elena would be like uh we have a pottery painting class later sorry but they have been having this discussion that they really want to like have a normal day in their lives and, like, do normal teen things and have fun. So Elena's, like, uh, awkward, but Stefan's like, I think that sounds like a great idea. Don't you, Elena? Let's do it. And she's like, yeah, great. This is totally normal. My boyfriend's steamrolling my opinions. Yeah, everyone in this show should be used to this by now. (laughs) So they agree to go on the double date, and I think that we leave the school scene and jump over to the boarding house to see what our good pal Damon is up to. Oh, Damon. Yeah, so he walks into the house, and he's just kind of looking around, I guess, and brooding. And real quick, we see Pearl and Anna pop up, and you're like, oh, shit. You Surprise! Know, yeah, because we thought that they were going to lay low for a little while, at least I did, because remember, Anna had told Jeremy that they were leaving town and that she mm-hmm. wouldn't see them again for a while. But Pearl just busts the fuck up in there and like starts like choking Damon. Well, he tries to choke her first. Oh, yeah. But she's way stronger than him because she's 400 years old and 
Stefan is around 160, so her strength just outweighs his. Yeah, and it's kind of a surprise because, like, the night they opened the tomb, they had the choking contest, and they were evenly matched, but she had had, like, one sip of Elena's blood at that point, and now she's well-fed, and she's at her full strength, and she just pries his hand off of her throat like it's nothing, and I'm like, yes, thank you, Pearl. Do it. Yeah, I was really happy to see Damon get his, because it really hasn't happened Except yeah. for the mental loss of having Catherine not be in the tomb. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember, like, is Pearl mad because of how things went down at the tomb? Or I think that she just wants to be the boss. And, like, she's telling Damon she'll cut him some slack because he helped her get out, even if that wasn't his mission. And he's mostly mad at her because he wants to be, like, the main bitch in charge. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, um... She she wants to reclaim Mystic Falls as the home for the vampires. Yeah. Yeah, so she's coming over there because she knows that Damon has somehow wormed his way into the Founders' good graces. So she's asking him for, like, a rundown. Like, who's on the Founders' Council? Like, stop supplying all of these people <laughs> with Vervain. Um, no. She's just giving him the business. And he's like, uh, are you crazy? A lot of things have changed while you've been taking a nap in a tomb. This isn't going to happen. Yeah, so she's like, listen, Damon, like, I will help you find Catherine if you just help me with this. And then Damon's all like, I don't care about Catherine. I would give a shit if I ever saw her again. And then she's like, listen, little boy. Oh, I, she, just, I loved when she called him little boy. Yeah, she's like, I just offered to help you find Catherine because I was trying to be civil. But I wrote it down because it was so good. She's like, I will rip you limb by limb. Oh, shit, Pearl. And she says that while literally shoving her thumbs into his eye socket. Yeah, and they start, like, bleeding, Yeah, she they? basically gouges his eyes out. Yeah. He's a vampire, so they'll, like, come back. But Luckily. Yeah, it's gross and intense, but I'm like, all right, Pearl. <laughs> That's you're one not way fucking to get around. Shit done. Yeah, he's used to like dealing with Catherine, who's like gets her way by fucking him over and over. But Pearl's mm-hmm. just like, nope, I gouge, do my bidding, bitch. So that's cute. <laughs> Very cute. Anna's just kind of standing intimidatingly in the background during this scene not really contributing anything because now that her mom's back in town she's kind of taking second fiddle yeah which is a kind of a recurring thing throughout the episode it is and it's just so weird to see like her fall into a child's role when she's like 200 years old yeah it's very very weird and we we get more of that later uh but for now (laughs) someone someone we did not miss last week jeremy gilbert is uh in his bedroom and he probably through Bing, found a website <laughs> called The Lair, Vampire Lovers Only. And it's a chat room. And it looks like basically probably like a sex chat room for middle-aged people who are obsessed with vampires. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you could just tell by the screen names. Screen names. Yeah, and also like the design is from maybe like the late 90s. Yeah, that's like an... I thought it was like a basic forum site at like first. A I like a forgot. <laughs> I forgot what those chat rooms looked like. Yeah, so he has gone in to get more information on vampires because, you know, binging things can only get you so far. Exactly. So we find out that Jeremy's screen name is Vamp Jer. (laughs) How original. 
I think we should call him that from now on. I think so. Vampture. Vampture. So Vampture's like asking about vampire shit. So he's chatting with Bloody Becky and he pretty much says like what does he ask first? How like, to become how do you become a vampire? Yeah. And then And Bloody Becky's like Brad Pitt turned me. Like how is that even a joke? Like who thinks Brad Pitt's a vampire? I know, it was weird. And then Maybe like Johnny Depp like, turned me. Well yeah. I guess he was in interview with a vampire. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't even think they thought about it that hard. They were yeah. like, name a celebrity <laughs> and like somebody in the writer's room was like, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Good job, vampire diaries writing. Yep. So he's asking like basic vampire questions, like how to become vampire. Like, are vampires real? And then someone tells him to, like, go to Vegas and ask for Wayne or something, like, <laughs> extremely vague. It was we just should awkward. really just screenshot this and show you the whole conversation. Yeah. But eventually he asks, how do you kill a vampire? And people keep on saying jokes. And he's like, serious answers only, guys. <laughs> and, like, now the, you're just opening it up for this whole chat room to just mercilessly troll you for, yeah. like, the next 45 minutes. But Bloody Becky says, oh, a stake to the heart is always good or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's like, yes, I found a good one. Because, like, nobody knows that a stake through the heart would kill a vampire. Like, that's not one of the first things that you know about vampires. I know. I feel like I knew that even before we embarked on this journey. And as we know, Beth knew nothing about vampires. Literally she didn't nothing. know that you had to invite them in. I didn't. And now I do that. I, like, pay special attention to who I invite yeah. in my house. <laughs> Yeah. Sadly, I've already invited Beth in, so it's too late for me. Yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, he sees Becky give a serious answer, which apparently he had never heard before. And he says, you're a believer too? Oh my god, what a fucking nerd. That really is the best way to describe it. He's just being the hugest nerd. <laughs> he is. Like, everyone in the lair is, like, LOLing at him. And I they're know. probably, like, sitting at home wearing capes with, like, pasty face makeup on right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, and, like, they have the vampire And yet they're the cool Halloween. ones. <laughs> they are. They're, I'd rather hang out with those people than Jeremy Gilbert. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, I think we kind of leave him... At that point. I wish we could just have a full hour of Jeremy, like, in that chat room. Vampire. Oh, God. That's like, if you wanted to torture somebody, like, I don't think the Geneva Convention would allow that. Yeah, that's why, that's probably why they kept this scene pretty short. (laughs) So I think that we leave Jeremy in his chat room and hop over to the town where Pearl and Anna um, are meeting up with Aunt Jenna on the Mm -hmm. sidewalk. So it turns out that Aunt... Jenna's brother-in-law, who was Elena's fake dad before she found out that she was adopted, uh-huh. um, owned a building that was one of the original buildings in Mystic Falls. And Jenna tells Pearl that it used to be an old-timey pharmacy. And Pearl's like, you mean apothecary? <laughs> and then Aunt Jenna's like, oh, yes, yes, apothecary. So it seems like that was Pearl's old uh, stomping grounds, her old business, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. So somehow it, after, I guess, uh, Aunt Jenna says that it's been in her ex-brother-in-law's family for a long time. So what I am drawing from this is that after he sold Pearl out and threw her in a tomb and (gasps) burned her to death, Jonathan Gilbert took the building that she owned and passed it down to his children. Oh my God, he would. That bitch. Yeah, total bitch. 
Oh, Ugh, my God. He would. The Gilbert men, come on. What the fuck? I don't like any of the Gilbert men, including Elena's fake dad, who stole a baby from a 16-year-old <laughs> instead of legally <laughs> adopting her. Yeah. They do not have a great track record so far. If there are any bonus Gilbert men out there, you're, you have a very, very, very like low standard that you could exceed just by like not doing anything. Yes. Reveal yourself. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I guess Pearl is planning to buy back her old building and set up shop there. I think also in the town square or, like, nearby, Stefan and Elena are having a conversation. Because I wrote down specifically something really disgusting from this conversation. Actually, I think they're at Elena's house, like, getting ready for their double date. Okay. Oh, yeah, because Stefan brings her flowers. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, flowers? And he's like, it's a normal thing. I can be a normal guy. I decided to stay in Mystic Falls so I could do normal things, like bring my girlfriend flowers and go on awkward double dates. And she asks if he's ever been on a double date before, and he reveals that in the 70s, he went on a double date with... Hugh Hefner and the twins. Oh. I'm like, are you sure that it wasn't Damon? I think I blocked that out. I don't, I didn't write that down. I think I was too grossed out. Like, I guess he, you know, has danced on the torch of the Statue of Liberty. So these must have been in his, like, Lexi Bon Jovi orgy days. But I'm just assuming that, like, he and Hugh Hefner had a four-way with twins, which, you know, we know how he feels about incest since he's always making eyes at his own brother. Mm-hmm. But that's fucked up. It is. People... Stefan Salvatore has had group sex with Hugh Hefner and Bon Jovi. <laughs> Sorry, that loud, that laugh was very <laughs> aggressive, but it's a weird list. His history is quite disgusting. Not to slut shame you, Stefan, but you've made poor choices. I know. And like, okay, you made some poor choices in the 70s. Who didn't? You don't have to go bragging about it to your teenage girlfriend. I know. Alina does not want to know that. No, of course she doesn't. I would be pissed if like my really really old boyfriend was like telling me about his sex capades with Hugh Hefner like, I guess what? like vampire healing probably took care of all the STDs but... that was my next question <laughs> like what does he have it's like vampire chlamydia <laughs> oh that sounds like never mind <laughs> no. I don't want to go there okay I have no idea where you're going and I don't want to know no you don't it was really gross okay well uh, speaking of gross I think we then go to the mystic grill uh, the Mystic Girl has delicious food. Does it? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like it would. Well, everybody somehow ends up at the Mystic Girl tonight, basically. But it everybody. starts. Everybody. It starts with Damon day drinking mm-hmm. alone, and then he runs into uh, Mrs. Donovan, and she is also uh, sitting there because she was supposed to have her interview, but the manager blew her off. Oh, yeah, and we find out that it's because she slept with the manager's boyfriend the last time she was in town. Yeah. So I don't know why she thought that this interview was ever going to happen at all, but I guess she was doing it for Matt. Yeah, I could respect that. So I'm not too mad at her about it. But they are both miserable, pathetic wretches right now, and so they glom onto each other immediately and start drinking and you know, commiserating about how their lives suck. Yeah. And then who should appear but uh, Aunt Jenna. Aunt Jenna in the house. Hey, girl. Without a lark. So Aunt Jenna walks in and she's like, Kelly Donovan, you're back, girl. Hey. And then she reveals that Kelly Donovan used to babysit Aunt Jenna. 
Um, and then we find out that later they partied together once they were a little bit older. Yeah, and it's revealed later also that Kelly Donovan and Elena's adoptive mother were best friends, which seems really weird to me because uh, Elena's parents are made out to be like these very normal, respectable people. Yeah. And Kelly Donovan is like an asshole and a mess. That's and I'm like, true. I guess she would have been like Miranda's messy friend. But yeah. It seems weird. I guess I just remembered that in a previous episode, um, Vicky told Elena that her and Matt were like together since they were two years old or something weird. Yeah. So maybe the fact that their parents were friends like aligned with that. But yeah, that's a good point for sure. I don't really see it. Yeah. Of course, we've never met Miranda because she did. R.I.P. Girl. <laughs> we never knew you. So Aunt Jenna walks in and, like, without even ordering anything, the bartender just brings her three shots of tequila. It's like like the the Jenna special. Yeah, so Damon, Aunt Jenna, and Julie Cooper all do a tequila shot, and then shit just goes from there. Yeah, and at first Aunt Jenna's like, oh, I'm responsible now, you know, taking care of these kids. I shouldn't. But then the shots disappear, and she's like, all right. (laughs) Twist my arm. I'm like, this is an interesting trio. I wonder what's going to happen next. It reminded me of like the really weird time that Damon had family night. Oh yeah, with um, so I guess Gilbert's. he knows Aunt Jenna a little bit at this at this point. I know, but it's still so weird to see them together. I don't know. I feel like Damon should be like a secret that isn't around Aunt Jenna. Yeah, and I guess this is the reason Alaric isn't in this episode. So it's plausible that Aunt Jenna would be like in a potentially flirty situation with Damon. Yeah, maybe he's recovering from finding out that his wife had a secret child. That he didn't tell her about. And also from being murdered and then resurrected by a ring. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about that. Okay, He's yeah, sleeping he it off. some alone time. Oh, my goodness. Dude is reflecting. Indeed. So we find that while Damon and Kelly and Jenna are knocking back tequila shots, um, the foursome walks in <laughs> and they're starting off their double date at the Mystic Grill. And can you think of anything more fun than going on a double date with your new lady, your ex-girlfriend, her new boyfriend, at your place of employment? No. It reminds me of when I used to be a barista and, Mm. like, when men would try and hit on me because I was being nice to them because it was my literal job. They'd be like, oh, hey, do you want to get coffee sometime? And I would just always give them, like, just this perplexed stare, like, does it look like I want to go get coffee? I spend, like, literally all of my time at coffee shops. No, thank you. Pass. Pass. So, yeah, I don't know why Matt wanted to go on a date at his job. Maybe he gets an employee discount. Only restaurant in town. One restaurant, one teacher. Yeah. It's probably literally like the town square is the entire town. Yeah, I think so. It's smaller than Stars Hollow. Oh, Stars Hollow. Um, So I think we then check back in at the Vampire Hostel, right? Yes. So Frederick is like getting a little antsy because Pearl had told everybody that they shouldn't leave the house, that they should just lay low for a while and not go into town. So she had asked um, Frederick to keep an eye on things, but he kind of gave her lip before she went into town to look at the apartment building. Or and gouged David's eyes out. Yeah, exactly. So Harper um, was like, Miss Pearl, I'll keep an eye on stuff. 
So Frederick like goes crazy on Harper and says something super racist. Mm-hmm. I forget what he said. He calls him boy. Oh yeah, that and, was bad. Uh, newsflash: Harper is not a white vampire. Oh yeah, he was likely uh, an Emily Bennett equivalent, where he was somebody's servant. Or they called him a servant, but he was actually their slave. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And yet he was also a vampire, so I want to know more. But yeah, Frederick calls him boy, and I'm like, apparently they spent all this time teaching them how to text and like use a remote control, but they didn't cover like race relations in the year 2010. (laughs) And like things that are not okay to say just because we were last alive in 1864. Yeah, you think that would have come up, like especially to share with Harper, like, but... Anyway, and I also digress. Frederick doesn't look super white either. No, he's like Latino or something. And I'm like, how did a Latino even get to Mystic Falls in 1864? <laughs> That's another mystery. That's what the originals is about. Yes, it, it's definitely <laughs> about that. So there's like this feud where Frederick wants to be like the alpha male, and Harper's like not even trying to be macho. He's just literally like trying to be nice and follow the rules, but he also like will stand his ground. Yeah, for sure. Team but- Harper. Team Harper forever. And he looks like an underwear model. He does. Yeah, that's like his day job aside from working on the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Totally. So Frederick is like, me and Beth Ann are going out, which, spoiler alert, Ann is my middle name, so I don't go by Beth Ann, but... But you should now that you know it's a Vampire Diaries character. Yeah, it's a very classy name. So Frederick's like, me and Beth Ann are going out, and Harper tries to stop them, but he can't, so they kind of waltz away. Yeah. It's rude. And uh, also breaking the rules is Anna. Uh, she decides to pay a visit to Jeremy Gilbert because apparently she now Excuse just me. likes him. Vampture. Sorry, yes, vampture. <laughs> and so he tears himself away from his like probably what has turned into like some cyber sex with Bloody Becky. Oh. And uh, goes to answer the door, and he's like, "What, Anna? I thought you left town." And she's like, things change, bruh. Yep. And she explains that her mom got a new business opportunity. They're going to open a store. She thinks she's going to go to real high school now if she can convince her mom. So he's going to be seeing a lot more of her. Yeah, and he's like, oh, cool. But he doesn't seem that excited. Yeah, like he's kind of subdued about it. And we know that he like knows that she's a vampire now, so he's kind of hedging his bets at this point as to what her deal is. But she kind of calls him out like, oh, aren't you happy to hear that? He's like, oh, yeah, totally, come in. Yeah, that's true. And uh, during this conversation, she tells him that she likes him because he's cute and floppy. I'm like, oh, no, Jeremy can't perform. Oh, no. (laughs) He has whiskey dick. Gross. Although it's not surprising at all. No. So they're, like, doing their thing. Is this when Jeremy does his idiotic? I think first they have a conversation. Um, I think he just asks her, like, straight out if, like, she thinks vampires are real. Because he he starts talking about how he wants to write another paper about the history of vampires and Mystic Falls. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you gave me so much information last time, and it was, like, really rad you know, do you think vampires are real? And she's like, no, definitely not. I just made that shit up to impress you. (laughs) But you could tell that she's, like, starting to realize that maybe Jeremy has caught on a little bit more than we give him credit for. 
And then he's like, what if vampires are real, but they're, like, not monsters? What if they're, like, actually just normal? Oh, yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Mind blown by me, right? (laughs) But Anna's like, all right, I'm going to, like, go get a glass of water. Or, no, he's making her a sandwich. Yes. Somehow. Yeah, I think that they're hanging out for a while, and then they get hungry, so they go into the kitchen. Um, but I think before that, before that happens, we pop back over to the double date. Mm. Um, so we. Oh, I must have repressed this because Matt was involved. Yeah, you probably did because he's a real dick. So they're like all playing pool, and Matt sees that um, Kelly is there with Aunt Jenna. So he kind of like starts getting a little agitated because he sees his mom getting drunk with Aunt Jenna and with Damon. So him and Stefan are kind of like. I don't know, just chatting, um, and they seem to be healing their divide from before. So Matt says something along the lines of, like, man, you seem like a dude who has everything, and that makes people not like you. And Stefan is like, oh, really? Is that how I come off? And then Matt's like, yeah, to be truthful, that's very true. (laughs) And Stefan was like, oh, man, what a dick. (laughs) About himself. About himself, yeah. So it was cute. It was. I and I'm feel like, like you don't get. I kind of hate both of them, but it's sweet that they're being Stefan. friends. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and the rest of the date has not been going well because it keeps on ending up with Matt and Elena, like staring into each other's eyes and reminiscing about all the good times before when they were dating. And Caroline's just like, "What the fuck?" And Stefan's just like, "I'm being normal. Haha, <laughs> I have vampires." And so. Caroline kind of storms into the bathroom and is like, Elena, come with me. And kind of just calls her out like, hey, I did, I like arranged this so we could move past the awkwardness, not so you and Matt could talk about how great it was when you were together. And Elena acts like she has no idea what she's talking about. She's like, what? You're crazy. That's not what's going on at all. I'm like, it kind of is, yeah. girl. Like, maybe just like make out with your boyfriend for a while. I know. Yeah, because Caroline's like, I brought... I arranged this so that you could show Matt, like, how happy you are with Stefan, like, Mm. not, like, reminisce about your relationship. And this is a very Elena moment, like, when she asked Vicky, how are you after she was turned? Like, (laughs) Elena has a bitchy undertone for sure, and she's bringing it out here. Definitely. And I'm Team Caroline. Yeah, I I, I didn't like Caroline at the beginning, but now I really like her. She's grown on me a lot. Yeah. She is her truest self at all times. Yeah. And people keep digging her around, and she keeps on trying her hardest, and I respect that. I do, too. And I like her, like, general attitude. Yeah. So when Elena and um, Caroline are done kind of being mean to each other in the bathroom, (laughs) um, they're on their way back to the pool table, and Elena walks by Frederick. So he's like, Catherine? And he grabs her arm, and she kind of looks at him. Oh, no, the sirens are starting because we're talking about Catherine 1864. She's not here, guys. I know. We swear. Carry on. Istanbul. (laughs) So Elena is like, sorry, no. Like, you must be thinking of someone else. And she kind of hurries over to Stefan and texts him saying, that man over there called me Catherine. So Stefan goes to check it out, but... um, Frederick kind of vampire zooms away because he saw that the Salvators were there too and he doesn't really want to cross their path at this point. Yeah. So I think that's when we go back to Jeremy and Anna and their sandwich party. Yeah. 
uh, Jeremy's really impressed because Anna asked for both roast beef and turkey. Good choice, girl. I'm with her on that one. And he pretends like he's about to start chopping tomatoes or something. But while she's, like, turned away, he just takes this giant-ass knife, which is way more than you would need to chop tomatoes. Yeah. And just slices his palm open. And I'm like, if you're trying to pretend you had a chopping-related accident, maybe, like, cut your finger. Like, yeah, like... How did you accidentally no cut you down the center of your palm? The center of your palm while slicing a tomato. Like, that is literally impossible. And he's trying to be all coy. He's like, whoops, butterfingers. Look, Anna, look what I did to myself. Look, look. And, like, shoves his hand in her face. Yeah, he's, like, squeezing the blood out of his... <laughs> out of his hand so obviously jeremy knows or has at least a good hunch that anna is a vampire so she sees the blood and she starts kind of getting a face boner and he's like look anna it's blood look look he's like pushing her and i'm just like oh shut the fuck up jeremy yeah like also you're really stupid she could kill you in like 0.3 seconds and good riddance if she did i i wish that she did for sure but instead, she just, like, Zoom tackles him against the wall and is like, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah, and he's like, I don't I don't know if he says something to provoke this, but she kind of, like, starts feeding on his gross palm. Well, he's basically like, come and get it. Yeah. Uh, and he makes, like, the grossest face. This was the worst part of the show so far. Yeah. Like, he has this, like, weird boner face. Uh, and uh, not like a vampire boner face, like, no, like a, an actual penis boner is happening and it's changing his face. Yeah, and it's like a teenage Jeremy Gilbert boner uh, face, so it's like, oh, it's just so fucking disturbing. He's not so cute and floppy anymore, is he? No. Oh, and he's like grinning at the end. It's horrible. Yeah. And like Jenna comes in at some point and is like, oh, you better lock that door because like the minute the door opened, Anna zoomed away. Yeah, so she kind of released herself from Jeremy. Good call, girl. Yeah. So we were happy to see Aunt Jenna make it home okay, because when she left the Mystic Grill, she was pretty bombed. Yeah, she decided to leave when Damon and uh, Kelly Donovan started basically making out of the bar. She was like, oh, that's my cue to leave. Yeah, good call. And Kelly says something like, oh, you're giving up already? As though, like, the whole thing had been the two of them vying for Damon's D. Oh. But it didn't seem like that to me. It seemed more like... Aunt Jenna just really needed to get tanked. Yeah. See, I interpreted that more like, oh, you can't keep drinking, like you're giving up from oh. the bar. But I, I feel I like probably even if it wasn't what was happening, Kelly Donovan probably always sees herself in competition for any man in the room with every woman in the room. Yeah, I see that from her for sure. So with that, yeah, they're doing like cherry trick, like chair, like passing a cherry stem back and forth and acting like it's a cool trick or something. I know, woof. Uh, yeah, it's gross. And so Aunt Jenna excuses herself and runs into Frederick outside. Uh oh. When her heel breaks, she like stumbles into him. Yeah, and like he's like, "Here, stand still for a minute," and then grabs her other heel and rips it off after her first heel gets ripped off in the sidewalk. And it's like, not going to help her walk. No, I would rather have one because they, like, are leaning backwards. Yeah, so she has, like, her toes pointing toward the sky now and, like, tilted backwards onto her heels. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she basically has to walk on her heels. Like, she would have been better with one, I think. Yeah, it was stupid. It was stupid. But it seemed like he was being a gentleman or something. Yeah, unfortunately... Um, 
you know, he's kind of flirting with Aunt Jenna, and at first she's, like, a little bit flirting back. She's like, oh, you know, like, a hot guy and me having a few drinks is never a good idea. And he's like, oh, you know, I think it is. And he starts to try to compel her. Um, and he said, what's his gross pickup line? He says, I think you'd like it. Oh, my God. Go home. So, luckily, Aunt Jenna has um, a prized possession from Stefan's Etsy shop. So, yes, Elena has vervained. given her vervain perfume. I'm oh. like, you better hope she doesn't skip a day. I know. Oh, was it perfume? I couldn't yeah. remember. Because after she resists his compulsion, he's like, what's that perfume you're wearing? Oh, okay, yeah. She's like, oh, I don't know. It's a gift. But then Frederick knows it's vervain, and he's pissed. And luckily, Aunt Jenna hops in a cab. Oh, yeah. A cab is just happening to drive by at that point. I'm like, there are, like, five people in this town. Yeah. There is not a cab that, like, goes around. You would have to, like, call a yellow cab from a nearby city. It's true. Like, in 2010, I couldn't even get a cab in Logan Square in Chicago. Right? There's no way that there were cabs in Mystic Falls. That's some bullshit. Yeah. It probably is just, like, a personal cab for Aunt Jenna for when she goes and gets drunk. (laughs) Yeah. That's a Mystic Girl. Uh, so she gets away from him, and we see Beth Ann has been work, uh, lurking in the background, so they were probably going to, like, just lure her away and murder her. Yeah. Yeah, he says something weird, like, what do you got to do to get a meal in this town? Yeah. So, thank God for Vervain. Oh, and also in this conversation, he mentions that he saw her with Damon Salvatore, oh. and, like, really awkwardly asks where he lives. And Aunt Jenna's drunk, so she's just like, oh, he's at the Salvatore boarding house by Wickery Bridge. Yeah. 456 Marigold Lane. <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah, she gave him, like, exact directions on how to get there. GPS coordinates. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she lives to see another day because she wore her perfume today. Uh, she doesn't even get, like, a gaudy-ass necklace or, or belly button ring. Boo. Way, way to go, Elena. And I think at this point, the double date moves away from the Mystic Girl, uh, and they go back to the Salvatores. And Stefan and Elena have, like, a conversation in the car before they go inside, where Stefan's like, oh, you know, we can just, you know, call it a night. But she's like, no, we need to see this through. We have to have one normal night. Yeah. Even if it sucks. Yeah, that's pretty much what she says. So then uh, Matt and Caroline pull up and they go inside and they like look at how huge and fancy the house is. Caroline says, this is way better than watching Damon visit Cougar Town. Then she turns to Matt and says, no offense. (laughs) I know, that was really good. And then Matt's like... And I was like, I want to start a Cougar Town podcast also because that show is amazing. I need to watch it. It's so good. It doesn't stream anywhere, but it rules with a Z. Hooray. Anyway, so that was a pretty sick burn on Caroline's part of both Damon and Kelly. Uh, So they're all just kind of awkwardly hanging out, and Caroline is also like, why do I feel like I've been here before? Uh, And we're like, girl, if only you could remember. And it's always nice to have these reminders that Caroline and Damon had that fucked up thing where he brainwashed and drained and raped her yeah i know like you like sometimes forget for some reason i don't know at least i do but they pop in a reference to it every once in a while yeah luckily so matt's like hey man talking to stefan i could fit my whole house in your living room and stefan's kind of like oh yeah like it's pretty nice passed down from the family um and matt goes over to this kind of 
trinket cabinet where <laughs> where Stefan has all of his mini toy cars that he has put together. Like a real grown up. Yeah. This guy is 162 years old. BTW. I know. But they're like, whoa, you like classic cars too? I love classic cars. We have penises. Yep. So luckily they have something to bond about now. So Stefan's like, come with me. And he brings everybody out to the garage and takes one of those tarps off of a giant mound. And underneath is like some fancy red sports car that's really old. From like the 1950s or something. Yeah. So, I mean, it looked good to me. I don't know shit about cars. I mean, I once hosted a segment on Classic Car Night on Wheaton Community Television when I was a summer intern there, but I still know nothing about classic cars. That's awesome. Except that they exist. Do you know if we can get a recording of this? Oh, God. They probably still play it. (laughs) I, too, was on public access television in my high school years. Holy Cross Television. Oh. HCTV. um, (laughs) And one time, one woman at Stop and Shop recognized me. So I don't want to brag. Oh, Stop and Shop. Yes. I miss my East Coast chains. East Coast, what up? Stop and Shop's expensive as fuck, though. I can't go there. I just remember there was, like, you could get a safe ride to Stop and Shop from campus when I went to school in Hartford. Nice. And I never went, but I was always like, I wish I could go to Stop and Shop because the only place I could go to get any kind of, like, food to bring back to my dorm uh-huh. was the gas station across the street from campus. Oh. Because okay. it was too dangerous to walk anywhere else. Yeah. But, yeah. College was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Speaking of community television, I was just telling this story to somebody uh, yesterday of the time that I was interning for the TV station and we had a, a, a truck in the 4th of July parade. Oh. I was telling this story because, uh, oh, my coworker was showing me how badly his kid got sunburned at camp. And I was like, <laughs> let me tell you a story. <laughs> so we had, we like rented this pickup truck and I stood in the back and held, like wearing a WCTV t-shirt and I held a bubble machine over my head to Whoa, blow bubbles into cool. the crowd and the bubble liquid just kept on sloshing over and like landing on my head uh-huh. and it was a cloudless like hot sunny day and I got this terrible like blistering sunburn down the part in my hair on my scalp no yeah it was oh, disgusting and it so hurt horrible. so bad okay. so never show patriotism or you're, you'll burn your scalp you heard it here first. That's what I learned that day. That is a good lesson. Thanks so, for the tip. Luckily, Off-topic my... personal stories. Yes. I like when we do them. <laughs> so what were we even talking about? So I think we were out oh, in sports the garage. Yeah. yeah. So Matt gets a huge boner about the car, and then he asks Elena, like, hey, Elena, remember that old sports car your dad had? And Caroline kind of chimes in, and she's like, I hate sports cars. Not enough room for making out. And then Matt's like, well, we didn't have too much trouble, did we, Elena? Ugh. Oh, God. Matt. Shut the fuck up, Matt. What the fuck is wrong with you? So then Caroline gets really upset and kind of, like, runs away. And Elena goes after her. And who does Matt apologize to in this situation? Stefan. For, like, stepping in on his property. Yeah. Like, no. You need to... You owe an apology to everyone else in this situation except for Stefan. Like, fuck Stefan. He doesn't care. He's had a three-way with Bon Jovi. Like, (laughs) this is not his most exciting moment. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. You go find your girlfriend and you apologize. Then you apologize to Elena for making her feel uncomfortable, too. But instead, he's like, well, sorry about that, dude. Uh, Let's try to fix your car. 
Uh, not course. like try to like make things right with my girlfriend who he will not acknowledge as his girlfriend at this point. Oh yeah, right. So that's a whole big shit show. Um, I think we go back to the vampire hostel at some point here, because uh, Anna comes home from uh, her weird blood drinking session with Jeremy. Oh yeah. And Pearl is like, "Where the fuck have you been? You've been gone for three hours, young lady." I know. And, like, she's 200 years old. She does not have a curfew anymore. It's so true. And, like, being sentient and, like, moving in the world years, she is older than you. And she was around for the past 150 years. Like, you can't just come out that tomb and tell Anna her business. Like, she's an independent woman. Yes. Part two. (laughs) So, Pearl's all like, I don't want to have to fight you two. And then Anna looks at her and she says, I'm sorry. And then they don't apologize. You have a life. Live it. See, I thought she might have been like apologizing for feeding off Jeremy and giving up their secret without like saying it to Pearl. I didn't think of that. Yeah, because I don't think she was sorry for going out. Like she's a 200 year old teenager. She's got to do her shit. Yeah. It's like a really weird dynamic because they are mother and daughter and they appear to be like the age where it would be appropriate. But Anna has been living a life for like 145 years and she just, like, did a, a huge-ass favor for her mom by getting her out of that tomb. Like, you should be groveling at her feet, Pearl. She should be the boss right now. She knows how cell phones work. Yes. You don't even know what an ATM is. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It is weird. But um, Frederick and Beth Ann are still unaccounted for. Uh, they have gone or uh, from the Mystic Grill to haunt the... Uh, Salvatore premises and they kind of are snooping like at some point Frederick pops out from behind a tree like when Elena leaves for the night or yeah, something yeah that's right it's so fucking creepy it but is. also he's, hilarious yeah he's creeping around so I think before Frederick does his like weird pop out like a Muppet um the Matt, there's more of the date yeah there's more of the date so Matt tries to go and resolve things with Caroline um and Elena, I guess. So they kind of drive the car over to where the girls are hanging out. And Matt's like, hey, Caroline, do you mind if I have a word with you? I think, right? Um, does he? Because they end up speaking in the car. Oh, right. Well, at first it's just awkward because Matt is just excited that the car works now because he apparently fixed it in oh, like two seconds. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. He's like, look what I did, guys. The car works now. <laughs> and... uh Obviously, everybody's pissed off, so he's like, oh, shit. And Stefan's like, why don't you guys take a ride in my very, like, priceless heirloom of a car and have it, have it out? So Matt and Caroline are in the car, and, like, he's like, oh, did I pass your test of having... Um, uh, did I pass your test of this date? Like, I know that's why you set up the date to see if I was over Elena. And I already told you that I would like never be over her. So <laughs> what's the problem? Just turning you into a crazy person. Matt, shut the fuck why up. Why is everybody telling Caroline she's crazy? She's being perfectly reasonable. I know. I mean, on the one hand, she like knew going in that this was fucked up. But on the other hand, like she has valid points all around. And we should all like stop telling her she's crazy when she's being perfectly reasonable. Yes. I was very mad. But he eventually, like, wins her over by saying that him and Elena talking about their past was just friends reminiscing about friendship. Oh, Uh except that comment about making out in her dad's car. Okay, Matt. Yeah. Uh, But that 
he went on this date so he could be with her, and she's the only one he wants to be in this car with right now, and she, like, accepts this because she has no self-esteem. Yeah, and he's, like, said some bullshit about, like, I know that I'm not good at expressing myself, and, like, I, I think guess that just moment fine. of, like, vulnerability, <laughs> like, really got Caroline, because she's like, no, like, you're doing great, like uh caroline why and then they try to make out but it's a tiny sports car and so they bump their heads and she's like i was right yes i was right about sports cars they suck so they seem like they're about to fuck in this car but which is also rude yeah eventually they make it back to uh stefan and elena and they're gonna leave for the night but before they can, they walk in on an interesting scene. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. So they walk back into the house, like, to gather their belongings or something, I guess. And we see Kelly and Damon just, like, furiously making out. Like, she's up against the wall. They're kind of doing a little bit of dry humping. He has two handfuls of her ass. Yes, like... As though she's Vicky Donovan at a shift of the grill. Uh, oh no and it's really awkward as you pointed out and it didn't like even occur to me like that's Vicky's mom like in this very house you snapped her daughter's neck and turned her into a vampire while having an underpants dance party I'm like stop fucking everybody's mom yeah cause I was like who else is he gonna fuck Sheriff Forbes next cause he's obviously like on his way to or already has fucked Mayor Lockwood's wife yeah Probably. He's just making the rounds. He really has visited Cougar Town. But, like, they're making out, and everybody acts like it's the greatest, like, offense anybody has ever committed that Damon, like, took Kelly back to his home. They're two adults who are going to have consensual intercourse. And, like, it sucks that all of the kids ended up walking in on it. But she was well with her in her rights to fuck Damon if she wanted to fuck Damon. Yeah, like she's a like, get over woman. it. She's I a know. free agent. But Matt acts like this is the the last straw. Not not like her being an asshole to Caroline all the time, but making out with Damon. Yeah, so he's like, so they stop making out. Like Kelly's kind of like shocked, and then Matt's like, "We have to go." I'm like, how weird. Like who? Maybe you like, have to go so they mom? can finish what they were doing. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> so he, like, drags her home and is like, I can't believe you would do this to me, uh, making out with a guy half your age at the place where I work. Uh, and he has some valid points in here about how, like, he works a job to pay the bills and she does not contribute anything, which, fair enough. Yeah. Like, there are very valid reasons for Matt to be mad at his mom, but they're none of the reasons he's actually mad. Yeah, very and true. he's like, and now you're doing this, and... It's so embarrassing, blah, 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 blah. I'm the kid. You're supposed to be watching out for me. She's like, I know I'm the worst. I'm sorry, Maddie. Yeah, it's kind of a tender moment, but it's still annoying. Yeah, fuck that. At some point, we forgot to mention that Matt does finger guns at seven to thank him for letting him drive the car. Oh, I just yeah, thought we should mention that. We should. Of course he does finger guns. He would. But uh, I think what happens next, uh, Elena takes Caroline home. And is the th- oh then I think the next thing is that <laughs> Stefan goes inside and is like Damon really I've called the police because you've committed such a great <laughs> offense. <laughs> they, it seems like they're about to get into this huge argument, but suddenly Frederick just busts through the window. Yes, and Bethany is close behind. Yeah, and they just, and they just go to there. town. 
Frederick grabs a shard of glass and stabs Stefan in the stomach with it. Yeah. He starts scrapping with Damon. Stefan pulls the glass out of his chest and starts going at it with Bethann. It's an all-out brawl. Yeah, it's like a serious vampire fight. So it goes on for a little bit. And, like, we haven't had a good fight scene in a while, so mm-hmm. I was kind of happy to see it. Um, eventually, someone has a piece of wood. Like They, like, splintered a banister or something. Oh, okay, yeah. So I I don't know if it's Stefan or Damon that stakes Beth Ann. Okay, uh, Beth Ann. <laughs> Beth Ann. So Stefan stakes her. Luckily, there's just a lot of wood lying around in Mystic Falls. I feel like if I were in fights, I wouldn't have as many like wooden stakes no. around. I would. I guess I have these wooden chairs. But yeah, we could turn. Are they real wood? A stake? <laughs> I don't know. I assume most of the wood things in my home are not real wood. The desk seems. I'm like not real the queen wood. of England. That's very fancy. Well, that's an heirloom. It's. It looks like rich mahogany. If a vampire breaks that uh, desk, my aunt who gave it to me is not going to be happy. Good. She shouldn't be. That thing's beautiful. <laughs> anyway, I wish I, you guys could see the desk in question. It is very nice. Maybe I'll put it on our Instagram. <laughs> very exciting. Don't break this desk for stakes. Hashtag famous desk. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Stefan gets the upper hand on Beth Ann and stakes her. And uh, Frederick and Damon are choking each other and shit. And eventually, you know, Stefan starts joining that and Frederick sees he's outnumbered and his friend is dead so he just zooms out of there. Yeah, he like a little him. wimp. Yep. And Sorry he... Bethann, we barely knew ye. <laughs> R.I.P. There's only room for one Bethann in the Vampire Diaries world and it's the one sitting next to me. That's me, bitch. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Frederick returns to the Vampire Hostel with his tail between his legs and he tells Pearl, oh, uh, Beth Ann ain't coming back. We shouldn't have left. And she's like, fuck yeah, you shouldn't have. And then she stabs him <laughs> in the stomach and gives him a glass of blood. Yes. It's like, you'll listen to me next time. I was like, Pearl's not to be fucked with. She is I a boss. I was very happy She's literally this. the boss. She is. And then somehow, even though her mom was giving her shit, uh, Anna manages to sneak out again. And she just appears in Jeremy's bedroom because vampires have no boundaries. Yep. And she's like... Jeremy, I could have killed you. Like, why did you do that? And he's like, <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. Blah, 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 blah. And he tells her the story of Vicky Donovan and how she started acting crazy. And now he realizes it might be because she was a vampire. Because he doesn't he remember. Because her, yeah. Because of Damon, he doesn't remember, like, actually being attacked by her when she was a vampire and her trying to kill Elena. But he basically says... Like, he needed to know if she was a vampire so he would know if it was real for Vicky. And... And then he he tells Anna, I want you to turn me. <laughs> what? Jeremy. Oh my god, Jeremy. One fucking, like, chat session in the lair and you think that you need to be a vampire now? Oh my god. You idiot. You fool. And it's funny because, like, right before she died, Vicky was saying that she basically implying that she wanted to turn Jeremy. So if uh, Elena hadn't ruined everything for him, he could have already gotten his dream. Now, do you think that he thinks that Vicky... Well, I know that he thinks that Vicky's alive. Yeah. So he thinks that she just ran away. And I wonder if he wants to be a vampire so he could be with her. Is that the vibe that you got? 
I think there's a possibility because yeah. he brings it up to Anna and it's like that's kind of rude to bring up your ex when trying to get your current squeeze to turn you. Yeah, and at some point like Anna's like I'm a sucker for lost guys like you. Yeah. Wolf. Cute and floppy lost dumbasses. Yeah. Uh, so Jeremy knows that vampires are real. Now he wants to be one, which is like he'd get killed in two seconds. Yeah, he would like, be remember the worst bartender Ben. Like <laughs> bartender Ben was smarter than Jeremy, <laughs> and he got killed in two seconds. Yeah, he's gonna get like thrown off a cliff. Yeah, there aren't even any cliffs. Like they'll invent a cliff just to throw Jeremy off of it, or he'll just like do something so stupid. He'll like, like slip on a banana peel and fall on a twig, or and, he'll like and die. go for like a walk on a sunny afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And that's how we end the episode. So yeah. Jeremy says that he wants to be turned. Anna's like, what the fuck? And then mm-hmm. we get the the end credits. Yes. And there is one thing that we forgot to mention that was actually my favorite part of the episode and that I oh, don't think what? I've ever noticed before. It's right before the scene with Jeremy and Anna. Uh, Elena calls Stefan to tell him that she got home safe. <laughs> and he is like, <laughs> she's like lying in her bed, like hugging a teddy bear. Like, yeah. I'm s- Safe and sound, just brushed my teeth and I'm in bed. How are you? And he's like, I'm fine. And it cuts him, he's like wandering around with like blood all over his shirt. Because he just got stabbed. And he doesn't tell her because like she can tell something's wrong. He's like, we'll talk about it tomorrow. We're going to have our one normal day. But the whole time they're having this sweet conversation in the background, Damon's like dragging Bethan's body toward the fireplace. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I never noticed it before, but it's just like (laughs) subtly happening in the background. Oh my God. That is so funny. I loved it so much. So yes, that was my favorite part. That like made this episode for me. I'm going to have to like go rewind it and watch it. R.I.P. Bethan. You served as some real comic relief in your death. (laughs) All right. So yes, interesting episode. I don't think this is as good as some of the episodes we've been having, probably because no. there was too much Jeremy being an idiot and Matt being an asshole. Yeah, like anything with Jeremy in it is like automatically a worse episode because he's just so annoying. Yeah. I guess he is one of those characters that you like love to hate though, mm-hmm. but still like- I mostly just, just want them to kill him off. He's just so fucking annoying. Like anyone who had ever been on the internet knows like that's not how you talk on the internet. <laughs> it's just so unrealistic. And like, I have so many other gripes with him. I'm like, this is not the only modern vampire property that has done the, like, looking at vampires on the internet. Like, even Twilight did it better than this. Like, yeah. Bella goes online, doesn't use Bing, and, like, looks up vampire lore and, like, actually does it the way a human being might do. Yeah. And that's Twilight. Twilight sucks. Yes. <laughs> and yet they still did it better than Jeremy Gilbert. So, uh, points off for Jeremy Focus. Yeah. I did like all the stuff with uh, Damon and Kelly and Jenna, like, having a party together at the grill. That was fun. I was like, it's kind of awkward that you were there at the same time as, like, your children were having a double date. But it was also cute. Like. Yeah, I liked it. You're all adults. You're of legal age. You're cutting loose. Like, at least two-thirds of you are complete unrepentant assholes, but. (laughs) I really like Aunt Jenna. Yeah. She was the third that was not. Yes. Good. <laughs> so I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, I liked, um, I don't know, I, I, I like learning about the tomb vampires a lot. Like, yeah. I feel like we're, we're probably going to hear a lot more about them this, like, second half of the season, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, so I'm interested to see how that plays out. So Yeah, I love seeing Pearl in charge. Fresh. Yes, Pearl is my lady. I love her. Yes. So, uh, who did we want to punch this week? 
I think Frederick is my choice. Oh, okay. He was a big dickwad. He yeah. said something super racist to Harper. Mm-hmm. He um, abandoned Beth Ann, who I just assumed that they were either close friends or dating. Yeah. Um, and... Like, when he tried to compel Aunt Jenna, like, I just said, like, I love Aunt Jenna, so I got super worried. So, luckily, she was wearing her Vervain perfume. But, yeah, like, that guy sucks, and I don't really understand why Pearl is protecting him. Yeah. I know that she warned him. Just throw him him out. Your house has rules. Or just kill him. She's, like, the strongest one out of all of them, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, I mean, I wanted to punch a lot of people this week. Yeah. Uh, it's a toss-up, really, between Matt and Jeremy. Oh, I know. I could have picked those two, but... I guess I'll go with Jeremy, because I feel like it's been a while since I punched him, and he really deserves it on Mm -hmm. a regular basis. I'm just like, how dare you ensnare Anna? Like, she she could do much better, and you're just being an asshole. You don't know how to use the internet, (laughs) and you should not be a vampire, you dumbass. Just go away. I know. Go to boarding school. We don't want to see you. So annoyed. Like, I wish he would go to boarding school so he could leave the show. But can you imagine how (laughs) insufferable it would be if we had to watch Jeremy at boarding school? Oh my god. Well, no, he wouldn't be in it on the show. I know. He would just be off in boarding school, and they'd but refer to him every once in a while. I'd be so worried. It would be terrible. But yes, I would punch him. I agree with you. I would punch most of the men in this episode. Yeah. Because why are men? Well, we'll never answer this question as long as the patriarchy exists, but at least in this episode, like, Matt continues to treat Caroline so poorly, and he, I just, I, like, can't, like, wrap my head around him. Like, when they were having the conversation in the car, he's like, I don't know, like, how to explain this, what we are, when he's talking to Caroline. And I'm like, your fucking boyfriend and girlfriend, you said that out loud. You're dating. You're, like, dating. Like, (laughs) stop pretending like this is something to be, like, ashamed of or, like, some sort of mystery. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Like, you like to put your faces on each other's faces and go on dates together. You're dating. Yeah, and the fact that he wouldn't stand up to Kelly to kind of protect Caroline was really frustrating, too. And I feel like this is a kind of common thing, like, both in TV and movies and in life, is that, like, the the man decides that it's his partner's responsibility to, like, smooth over any weird relations with his family members. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I read a lot of advice columns, so maybe that's why I think it's really common. (laughs) But what comes to mind is actually Gilmore Girls. Uh, and Richard and Emily and Richard's mom because uh, Lorelai the first is just a complete asshole to Emily at all times like in your face constantly belittling her and mocking her to her face while Richard just sits there like not paying attention yeah he like and then like pretends he doesn't know why Emily doesn't like uh, his mom and anytime Emily dares to say like she's terrible he's like that's my mother how dare you yes like you owe it to your wife who you've been married to for such and so many years to stand up for her when your mom's being an asshole. I know, and it like, had how been going you? on for like 50 years or something crazy. And I could get into a really long rant right now about emotional labor and that women are supposed to be the peacemakers yep. and that somehow, even though it's Matt's mother who's the problem, it's Caroline's responsibility to make their interactions pleasant. Mm-hmm. It's very much part of the patriarchy. 
Yeah. It's lazy and rude, and Matt is the person who should be dealing with his mom and making her be polite and respectful to his girlfriend. But he can't even admit Caroline is his girlfriend, so I don't really expect that to happen anytime soon. Yeah, right? That would be step one for sure. And yeah, like speaking of emotional labor, it's like that unseen um, burden that women bear that we don't get acknowledged for or credit for that takes up so much of our time and of our energy and like Mm -hmm. I think we even see that when Caroline and Elena go to the bathroom and just kind of like are are fighting not fighting but they're kind of like communicating while like in the meantime Matt and Stefan are playing pool and just like talking about bullshit like they're not worried about how the date is going for everybody else they're not worried about what the dynamics are Mm -hmm. but Elena and Caroline have to like take themselves out of the moment to go and like discuss it and hash it out and they carry it with them yeah it's bullshit it is also Frederick was really rapey in this episode yeah he had that like like why are men so rapey on this show I don't know and in life and in life (laughs) I just read an interesting article um, earlier today, and it was like, it was like there. This was the tagline that I saw like on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it was, and it was like, "There's been a lot of studies done on why and how women react to catcalling, but not many on why men do it." I was like, mm. "Oh my, like okay, fine, you got me," but I just feel like that that's a horrible way to present it. Like we were like really need to like acknowledge like I mean I. I don't know. I'm digging myself down a hole here. But the way that they represented it, I was like, this isn't about men as much as it is about women. But anyway. But I think that that's fair that, like, it's kind of like saying, what can women do to not get assaulted? Not like, why aren't we teaching men not to assault people? Like, why aren't we asking men, like, hey, what is the point of this? What are you trying to express? Why do you think this is something to do? And that reminds me of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt when... Mike or Mikey or what's his name? He cat calls uh, <laughs> Kimmy. Oh yeah, and she doesn't get it, and she's like, "And I like your yellow vest or whatever." <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, "I get it. You're like trying to throw it back in my face and whatever." And I don't really understand why I do this anyway. And then he like realizes that he's gay and tries to hit on Titus. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "I have a mom. I have a sister." <laughs> so yes, I wish it could be like that. Yes. So this article pretty much said that men do it because it's exciting. That, like, about, like, 80% of men that were, like, surveyed said that they catcalled women because it was exciting for them. How? I don't know. Ugh. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I haven't at least once been in a car and driven by a man and yelled swing out the window. Yes. But (laughs) I think I just did that because it was funny. And also power dynamics, man. It's not bad if I do it necessarily. Yeah. I just, it was like really sad for me to see that because, I don't know. It's like. What do they expect to happen? Making me feel unsafe like out in public is not worth your excitement. Yeah. (sighs) Why are men? I don't know. Make them stop. That's the sequel to Why Are Men. (laughs) Make them stop. Hashtag make them stop. Yes. Yeah. I'm too mad to continue talking about men. Me too. We got real there. You banned. You banned. Sorry for my incessant rambling about whether or not I thought the clickbait headline was <laughs> worth it. <laughs> I get it. We got to talk about these things. Yes. But more importantly, less importantly, but more funly, <laughs> who should have done it? Oh my God. It should have been 
um, Julie Cooper and Damon. Yeah, like he had two fistfuls of ass. Like you can't just leave us hanging like that. He had probably both a, va- a face boner and a boner boner. Yeah. Although they really like kind of shot the makeout scene in a way where you're like, is Damon now gonna like drink her blood? Yeah. But it seemed like he just wanted to like fuck it out and like get Catherine out of his mind. Like he wasn't even gonna go to the place of drinking her blood. Yeah, that's what the kind of vibe I got because he didn't have a face like yeah. the vampire face. You would boner. expect he would. Like, there was a, a, she was, like, craning her neck back, and he was looking at it, but then he just keeps kissing her. Yeah. I'm like, he's just trying to get laid, and, like, more power to him. He's just, like, gotten his heart ripped out of his chest, metaphorically. Not literally, as he's done to others. <laughs> R.I.P. Brie. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree with that. How about you? Who, who should have done it? I think that... Oh, God. I don't know if I can think of anything, anybody besides... Here too. So I'm gonna say Matt and Stefan because they deserve each other. Yeah. And they have their cute moment and like maybe you guys should just be a couple and be like emotionally repressed assholes together. Uh, it would be so horrible. Now, if you <laughs> think that they were a couple, do you think that they would start to feel the way that they were treated that they were treating one another? No, I feel like they would just like play pool and fix cars and like give each other BJs occasionally and not think about anything too much. Yeah, that's probably more likely what would happen. (laughs) I was like hoping that they would come to some sort of like emotional revelation of how they treat their partners. But that would be expecting too much. There would would have to be a lady there to do that work for them. You're right. Yeah, they don't understand this emotional labor. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up this week. Um, we do have some very exciting news. Yes. We've had our second ever iTunes review. Thank you very much. Uh, I believe the username is, uh, what is it? I think it's Span Juan. Span Juan. Yes. Thank you very much. We love you. We appreciate you. We now have an actual star rating on iTunes. And guess how many it is? It's five stars. Five stars. Most popular podcast. A plus. Five people have rated us. We have two reviews. (laughs) So yes, Span One, you're our favorite. Yeah, we appreciate the review and thanks for listening. Yes. So if you want to be loved as much as we love Span One, then you better step your game up and maybe hit us up on the following things. In our new segment, not new anymore, our last segment, Mystic Follows. Hey. So you could definitely find us on Instagram um, at the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast, where we now have 31 followers. I know we have more than 31 listeners, so get on that. Yeah. We're also on uh, Facebook and Tumblr at the VD Diaries. And of course, as we just mentioned, iTunes is a possibility. You can subscribe, rate, and and review. Yes. You can also find us on SoundCloud where you can subscribe and like us. Basically, just stalk us, track us down, ask us questions. We like to feel needed. So, ooh, maybe if maybe we'll get a listener question next week. Yeah, we would love to answer your questions. So hit us up on Facebook or wherever. We're we're going to get a Twitter eventually, so it'll be easier. We've said this every week for like the last <laughs> 6 episodes, but we will do it. Yeah, we would love to interact with you, our uh, however many listeners out there. So, yeah. Think about what you want to know, what you want to say. Who you want to do it. Yeah. Chime in, and maybe you will become famous on this podcast. Whoa, the temptation is great. 
Mozzarella.